I'm your brother, Julius. Huh? Come again? My name is Julius, and I'm your twin brother. Oh, obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. We are not identical twins. <gasps> oh, no? No. Well, I wouldn't be too sure, pal. I don't lie. I am your brother, and you must let me help you get out of here. You want to help me get out? Yes, right now. Well, money talks and bullshit walks. How can bullshit walk? That's slang, huh? Because I'm going to be tossing my cookies in a minute, all right? Tossing your cookies? <laughs> That's more slang. Hey, what the hell did you do to him, man? I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. Tonight is your night, bro. Take out the papers and the trash. Or you don't get no spending cash. If you don't scrap that kitchen floor. You ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Go back. Da 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 da. When you dream, the magic just never ends. Welcome to Soup Delay Podcast. This is your host with the most, Mike Macmasunas. How's everybody doing today? Doing great, guys. It's uh, after Thanksgiving. It's after Black Friday. It's Saturday, November twenty fourth. And I am excited to be delivering this episode to you because a lot of good stuff is going to be happening in here. I got some crazy stories to tell you about Black Friday, about Thanksgiving, and then I also have a contest that I'm going to be announcing later on in the show along with the new movie votes that are going to be going up and uh, it's going to be some very good fun times. I can't wait. I'm excited. Today's episode is going to be on Twins. It's the second of the Arnold movies that we're doing because we voted, well, I should say you guys voted, and Twins in Kindergarten Cop won. And it's good times, man. Uh, This is the first of the vote to tie. Uh, Originally, there was, I think, three movies. There was Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and Junior. Junior lost, and Twins in Kindergarten Cop won. And uh, this is actually the second of the Arnold movies because last week I did Terminator. And uh, I have my buddy Arnold on, even though he was kind of in a bad mood. But uh, when we get him on today, we'll see how he's doing. Hopefully he's doing much better since in this movie, he's such a jolly green, you know, he's just a happy guy. Jolly. I was going to say he's like a jolly green giant, but I don't think that guy talks too much. So I'm excited to see what he has to say today. It's going to be a good time. So before we get rolling into all that fun stuff, let's get into some movie and music news.
All right, so to start things off in movie news, the first thing we got to talk about is the news that just hit today. And uh, unfortunately, uh, the guy from Dallas, JR, aka Larry Hagman, he died at the age of 81. And uh, I guess you could say it could be TV related, but it's still still a sad thing. You know, I mean, this guy, I mean, really, he's the, he's the king of the cliffhangers. You know, that's kind of where the whole cliffhanger started was in Dallas, you know, it was this guy right here, so, uh, you know, he did a lot of good stuff, and it was pretty cool to have him come back for the remake version of uh, Dallas, and I know he was on there and stuff, so, uh, unfortunately, he's passed away at 81 today, so, uh, just keep his family and his friends, you know, all that good stuff in your thoughts. Let's get to some more happy news. Uh, December 4th is the day the Dark Knight Rises hits Blu-ray and DVD, I'm excited, it's going to be some good times. They've been releasing some photos and behind-the-scenes clips lately. And one of the ones that I really enjoyed watching was how they blew up the football field. That was pretty cool special effect and showing you exactly how they did that was uh, was pretty awesome. So just go kind of uh, just type in some uh, clips of the Dark Knight Rises bonus features. If you do that, you'll be able to see... Uh, some of the bonus features that they've been releasing that you have that you'll be able to look forward to because they're going to have about three hours worth of bonus bonus features. Going to be good times. Now, uh, on over at Flix, they recently played the trailer to Hitchcock, and uh, I thought it was pretty cool. You know, when I listened to it. So then when I checked it out and read up on it, I saw that Ralph Macchio was going to be in that movie, and I think I I think I reported on this a long time ago, but I guess I kind of forgot. And uh, I'm excited to check it out. I mean, already I wanted to watch the movie, but now I have even more of a reason to watch it because Ralph Macho is in it. I think it's going to be kind of cool. Now, the uh, trailer just came out a couple days ago for Snitch. That's the new Dwayne Johnson movie, which is based on true events, kind of like Walking Tall. It's not based on a true story, but based on true events. So that technically means that they take the real story and they change it up a little bit. So, for example, in Walking Tall, it was actually a different guy. It was like a white guy with a different name, but it was the same concept. So, kind of the same thing with Snitch. And essentially, that's where his son goes to prison, and uh, he kind of makes a deal to kind of go uh, undercover and take down the drug people and be a snitch, and so you know, so on and so forth. It's got uh, Susan Sarandon in it, um, and uh, it was a pretty cool trailer. I was kind of shocked it was PG-13. But it looked really, really good for a PG-13 movie. But I guess it shouldn't really surprise me. The Rock doesn't really make a whole lot of R-rated movies, so that's fine. I mean, Walking Tall is PG-13, and that's my favorite Rock movie still to this day. And, of course, I had to talk some Dwayne Johnson because, you know, I'm just getting crap about that as a recent from Anthony, which is kind of funny. But in all seriousness, seriousness, this trailer is pretty cool. Um, I did send it over to the Flix guys, Jason and Dan, just to see if they'll check it out on their next show. Hopefully they, uh, hopefully they like it. Um, you know, if they don't, I'm, I know they're gonna have the reasons. But I thought it was pretty interesting. This is one of the movies that I've been looking forward to the most. So go check out that trailer for Snitch. It's coming out February 22nd. I'm looking forward to it, man. It's hopefully gonna be a good time. Okay, now in the Star Wars news for the movies that are uh, being released in 3D. They're actually taking episode 3 and they're moving it one week earlier. So what happens is is that once Attack of the Clones comes out, two weeks later, you're going to get episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, which will be kind of cool. Now, if you don't know the date of that, 
Essentially, it's going to be in uh, September 20th and then October 4th. And then, of course, this is obviously next year, not this year, of course. So be on the lookout for episode two. That's going to be hitting September 20th. And then episode three is going to be hidden on October 4th. I never did see episode one in the theater. I've heard mixed reviews. Half of my friends told me it was great. The other half told me it completely sucked. So I didn't really know, you know, who to believe on that one. So, uh, but I do know, though, um, I cannot wait to see Monsters, Inc. in 3D. I think that's going to be amazing. I mean, Pixar makes already great, awesome movies. And Monsters, Inc. is my favorite of the Pixar films. So I cannot wait to see that movie in 3D and just see how awesome it's going to be to come off you know come off the screen i'm hoping anyways i'm hoping they do a good job in the post conversion of that and for the last bit of movie news all of you out there that are interested to see the hobbit uh, you will be happy to know or if you have no reason to watch the hobbit maybe this will give you a reason they are going to attach the man of steel trailer to the hobbit which makes perfect sense just like the dark knight rises attached its trailer to the avengers which was a brilliant move same thing with uh, the teaser. Well, not the teaser trailer because the teaser trailer was original was attached to the Dark Knight Rises, and a lot of people. Uh, it seems to be the case of they liked it, but were kind of confused. They were like, "Oh, it's the Perfect Storm Part Two," and they're like, "Oh, wait, this is a Superman movie." So I'm hoping that when they actually release this trailer with the Hobbit, it sounds like it's going to be pretty awesome. From what I hear. I'm excited to check it out. Of course, I'm not going to go to The Hobbit to watch it. I'll just wait a couple days later till it hits online, and then I'll watch it on my computer. But if you want to see it on the big screen with the big sound, all that fun stuff, go check out The Hobbit. The Man of Steel trailer will be attached to that. I hear it's going to be roughly about two and a half minutes long, and hopefully they do a lot of action. I mean, the movie... Uh, they should have a lot of footage to do for this trailer. So I'm pretty excited to, to see the final product. I think it'll be a good time. So that's the biggest news in movie news that I wanted to talk about is to keep your eye out for the Man of Steel trailer because this is it, man. This is the big one. This is the movie that's got to prove itself next year. Uh, you know, Film & Focus had their live show a couple days ago, and I sent over a question and answer. You know that they had sent, uh, they requested question and answers. One of mine was, who do you think is going to be the big movie of next year, Iron Man three or Man of Steel? And I wasn't talking like the best movie of the year or the biggest money maker. I meant between those two, who do you think will make the most money? Is essentially what I what I thought. And I thought it'd be Iron Man three because everybody already has love for the Avengers and Iron Man already, and Man of Steel has so much to prove. But I'm hoping that. Man of Steel does prove itself because if it does it, you can forget about seeing Superman on the big screen ever again, man. And that's going to suck. So it's it's the one that's got to prove the most next year. And I'm excited to see if it does or doesn't. So, All right, let's move on to some music news here. Okay, so interesting story. As you know, I started off movie and music news with some Kid Rock because that's my favorite Kid Rock song. And I love me some Kid Rock. Now, arguably... Uh, his most famous album is Devil Without a Cause. I mean, that's really the album that broke him out. I mean, we have Ball with a Ball on there. We had Cowboy. We had God Knows Why. Good stuff. So his ninth album comes out. Uh, it's called Rebel Soul. And, you know, Kid Rock over the years has pretty much gone uh, kind of rock country, which is 
cool. You know, I like the way he's kind of changed his vibe a little bit, even though I'm not a big country person. He's still he's still Kid Rock, but he's kind of more laid back. You know, he's kind of the, the happier version of Kid Rock. You know, at one point when Devil Without a Cause came out, he was a real angry, you know, bitter kind of guy. And then uh, when American Badass came out, you know, that was a theme song to uh, to Undertaker, which was pretty awesome. And then he just, you know, he kind of brought himself back together. And uh, he's a lot happier now. It's pretty cool. But what he's doing is he's re-recording Devil Without a Cause. He's actually going to re-record the album. And here's what's funny. Essentially... Uh, what he does is he the song this album is like 11 times platinum back in 1998 and to celebrate its 15th anniversary uh, in August of 2013 one of the biggest reasons why he wants to re-record this is is that he wants to have ownership over the new master recordings of these songs so that's kind of very very smart right because he must not have had full ownership of these songs originally I mean these are like his biggest songs came from this album and here's what he said how he's going to do it he said some of them will be exactly like they were and some of them will have the sensibilities of what we've learned playing these songs live for 15 years I'm not going to say they're going to be better than the originals that's tough to top but I think there's something special about them that people will dig they're going to be the way a lot of people have seen us play these live versions, whether it's Ball with a Ball, Cowboy, Only God Knows Why, Bulldog, Welcome to the Party. We've twisted them up so much. Uh, we're going to make it very interesting, very cool. Now, whether you like Kid Rock or not, a lot of us out there will agree. Your favorite band, after they play a song so many times, they change it up and they do a live version of it. Now, uh, my favorite bands that I've seen live have taken my favorite tunes made it so much better because you know when i hear it on the cd i'm like there's no way you could possibly make this song any better than what it is then when i hear the live version i'm like why didn't you guys put that in the flipping you know in the studio version you know it's because they think of this stuff after they do the song you know over and over and over and over you just you don't want to get tired you don't want to get old so they go ahead and they redo it and I'll tell you, nine times out of ten, the live version is always better than the CD version. But it also depends on the band. Because there's some bands that completely suck live, but sound great on CD. Now, I mean, there's a whole crap load of them that I can list for you. I'm not going to. A lot of you probably already know whether you bought their album and then you saw them live and you were disappointed. But a really good band, a band that's very solid and very good, should be better live than they are on their album. So I appreciate what Kid Rock's doing. I think it's great. I think if a lot more artists did that, I think it would be cool. You know, it's like you're remaking it, but it's the same artist remaking the same stuff. So it's not like somebody else is taking your tune and remaking it, you know, for their fans. It's like the original fan, you know, the original artists are taking their own tunes and remaking it. I think that's brilliant. And I wish more of us would do that. I think this... This story has got me fired up because I'm like, I can only imagine what it would be like if all other artists were to, if they didn't have rights to their best or biggest songs and they were to redo it, then they would. I think it'd be awesome, man. Good stuff. I mean, Vanilla Ice has redone Ice Ice Baby like I don't know how many times, but uh, I think he's always had the rights to that tune. But anyways, that is it for music news. I'm not going to talk charts too much. I'm going to get into that uh, in the end of the year. Uh, what I'm going to do is for the end of the year special, as you guys know, I do the top 10 movies 
and the top 10 music of the year and I put it all in one episode. But because now with the Underground Hour, uh, since that's music-based, subs, you know, it's a sub-show of Sweep the Leg, and uh, there's a lot of fans that love the Underground Hour. Uh, some of them love it more than the actual regular movie reviews, which is kind of cool. I'm going to move the top 10 music of 2012 to that show, to Underground Hour. And I'm going to showcase all 10 songs there. Because if I was to do it on this one like I had to do last year, I only got to play like a minute clip. You didn't get the full impact. Well, this time you will because it'll be on the Underground Hour. And then I'll go through music in, in general for the whole entire year. Just real quick, just kind of sum up everything that I dig, what I love, what I didn't on the charts, all that good stuff. So just so you know, the Underground Hour will be showcasing the top 10 songs of 2012. And then STL will be, um, the main STL will be showcasing the top 10 movies of 2012. And um, I'm actually going to be doing two shows. Uh, One I'm doing for STL and the other one I'm doing at my friend's podcast, uh, D2R. Uh, my friend Ryan, he's doing an end of the year special, asked me to come on and do movies, uh, talk movies and music and uh, kind of be his movie guy. And it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, we're good friends, but his show is completely different than mine. So it'll be an interesting interaction. You know, he's, uh, it's going to be good when it's released. I'll let you guys know, and hopefully you guys will check it out and dig it. Uh, it's really funny. There's a few of you already in STL that check out his show and find it really funny. So I'm hoping the rest of you will check it out as well. So that is it, guys, for movie and music news. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, let's talk some twins. In a secret lab somewhere in the Western Hemisphere, the perfect human specimen has been born. He has the strength of 10 men and the wisdom of 20. He also has a twin brother. I have a brother? Oh my goodness, are you good? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Born to be bad. And Danny DeVito. Way to go, Mom. Are twins. My name is Julius. I'm your twin brother. Obviously. The moment I sat down, I thought I was looking into a mirror. Only their mother can tell them apart. Twins, the new comedy from Ivan Reitman. Julius. What? What are you, are you allergic to something? You're all swelled up. You look like you're ready to explode. I love it when you hit people. Who are you? Vincent's brother. We're twins. That's right. Twins. Coming this Christmas.
All right. Now, uh, before we uh, go ahead and get into the review for Twins, uh, of course, I got to get my buddy Arnold back on. And uh, hopefully he's in a lot better mood than he was for the Terminator. So uh, let's go ahead and uh, let me give him a call real quick here. Hey, Arnold. Hey, man. What's up, man? It's Missunas. Howdy, stranger. How are you? I'm doing good, man. It's good to hear from you again. And uh, I'm I'm very happy that you have uh, decided to join me again for Twins. I thought we had a lot of fun on the Terminator episode. A lot of the STL fans thought it was great that you came aboard as well on the Terminator episode, even though you were a little bit rude. Uh, but are you are you in a better mood this time, sir? I speak directly to the people. I swear I will not kill anyone. Well, that's great to hear, sir. I mean, if you don't want to kill anybody, you must obviously be in a better mood. So that's exciting for me as a host here. Wrong. What the hell were you thinking? What do you mean, what was I thinking? I just thought you were in a better mood, man. I thought it was going to be fun today talking some twins. Because, you know, in this movie, you're definitely chilled out, laid back. You know, you're having a lot of fun. This is a This is a good comedy. And uh, it leads right into my favorite, which is, uh, you know, Kindergarten Cop, of course. Yes! Who is your daddy and what does he do? I'm Detective John Kimball. I'm a cop, you idiot! Stop whining! Yes, it's true. That That's the movie, Kindergarten Cop. Love it, man. Good stuff. But you had a lot of good uh, lines in this movie as well. I mean, who could forget the Yakety Yak song, which is flipping hilarious. You know, you're always... Uh, you're just always smiling. Then you get mad at one point. And you're like, for the first time in my life, I'm really... You know, it's just, oh, you got a lot of good stuff, sir. So we'll definitely get into that in just a little bit. So here's what I'm going to do, sir. Just kind of like last time, I'm going to go through the movie, you know, real quick. Uh, just kind of give the basic plot of the film. And then we'll talk about the good stuff and uh, talk about the bad stuff. Because, you know, you have to admit, there's a little bit of bad stuff in here. Don't be ridiculous. Take it back! All right, all right. Well, let's just wait till I get there. And then and then we'll discuss and, and uh, you know, go from there. So let's talk about some Twins here. All right. So Twins is a movie that came out in uh, 1988. And, of course, it has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it, along with Danny DeVito. And this movie is a film produced and directed by Ivan Redman, a.k.a. would be Ghostbusters for all you out there. And uh, these two are essentially separated at birth. And it's kind of funny how it works that, uh, you know, DeVito is this streetwise character and, and uh, you know, Arnold is a guy from, you know, an island and just completely uh, has no idea how the world works. Uh, it's really funny. And uh, the music, the movie itself had a budget of like $15 million, And it was a box office budget gross of $216 million. So obviously, it was a huge success. And other people involved in this is the beautiful, beautiful Kelly Preston. Uh, then we have Chloe Webb is in here, Bonnie Bartlett, Marshall Bell. Just a whole bunch of good characters are in this film. And uh, this is uh, this is one of the uh, one of a lot of people's favorite uh, Arnold comedic roles. Yeah. Well, I'm glad you agree with me, sir, because uh, you know I, this is definitely my second favorite. My first favorite would be Kindergarten Cop, which is why I say that one for last. But this would be my second. So a lot of good stuff happens in this film. So the movie essentially starts off. We have Julius and Vincent uh, Benedict. Those are the two main guys of the film. And uh, they have this, there's like the secret experiment that's carried out at this genetics laboratory 
to produce the quote-unquote perfect child. So what they do is they use sperm from six different fathers uh, donated, and then the mother is Marianne Benedict, who is flipping Heather Graham. Good times. And uh, after she gets pregnant, they tell her that Julius, which is who Arnold Schwarzenegger plays, has died at birth, and uh, and he's not even aware that uh, you know he has a brother. And of course, she has no idea that uh, Vincent ever existed as well. So Julius uh, finds out um, that his mother died in childbirth, and Vincent was actually raised, which, as you know, Vincent is Danny DeVito. He was raised in this orphanage. And then he learns from a letter in his file that his mother had abandoned him. So Marianne has gone on to become this successful artist. You'll essentially find out. And uh, even though the genetics program... uh, was successful with those two it's considered a failure was shut down because of the conception of the twins one inherits the the desirable traits the great traits you know the the smarts the the funnies you know just the the muscles all that good stuff and then unfortunately the other twin uh gets what's considered quote unquote the trash uh, you know, the the short, uh, you know, fat, all that good stuff. So uh, that's essentially why they closed that program down. But you don't find that out until kind of later on in the film. So you find out that uh, Vincent was in this orphanage in Los Angeles, California. Julius was taken to this unnamed South Pacific island. And he was raised by Professor uh, Warner, one of the scientists involved in the experiment. And uh, he became highly intelligent, physical, very strong, very, very spiritual. And uh, he actually speaks 12 different languages. He's excellent in mathematics, history, science, literature. I mean, the guy is just, he's a living, walking, breathing book. And, uh, but he was not told about Vincent, though, until his 35th birthday. Can you believe that? 35th birthday. He had to find out, hey, guess what? You got a brother. And it's kind of bogus if you ask me. Yes! I agree with you. That is really bogus to find out you got a brother on your 35th birthday. So in Los Angeles, uh, with no one but himself to rely on, Vincent, of course, escaped the orphanage as soon as he was old enough. And uh, he kind of turned into... You know, a criminal, small-time kind of criminal, and he had some shady business deals going on, mostly car theft. And uh, he deals with uh, this uh, loan sharks. Uh, they're called the Klain Brothers. And unfortunately, he owes like $20,000 to these dudes. And, of course, he's a womanizer, and, you know, he's just uh, he's got a smart mouth, and he's just got a lust for money. And eventually, of course, his debt catches up with them. And uh, he gets arrested, and guess what? He has like I don't know, like 200 parked uh, unpaid parking fines, and that's essentially how Julius finds um, uh, finds Vincent because the nuns tell him that he'll be in jail because of his personality. So that's where he heads to. Now, when Julius gets to uh, Los Angeles, it's funny. I mean, he's extremely naive about the real world, and he's just so smiley. And it, there's just—I'll get into all the all the details there, but you can just see how naive he really is. Uh, but he, uh, you know, he bails Vincent out of jail, and then he actually gets Vincent's car out of impound. Out of impound. But you know, of course, Vincent doesn't believe that this guy is really his brother. So what does he do? He just leaves him and just takes off, if you will. 
And then Vincent goes to his workplace, which, of course, Julius tracks him down there. Uh, one of the Clane brothers tries to beat up Vincent, but then Julius shows up. And uh, that's kind of when it's like, okay, you're a pretty cool guy. I think I'll, I think I'll keep you around. So then uh, Julius meets Vincent's on-again, off-again girlfriend, Linda. And, of course, knowing little about women, Julius doesn't understand the flirtations uh, that uh, her sister Marnie who who hates Vincent with a passion. Uh, she's just given tons of flirts to him. But, you know, he just kind of doesn't get it. But, man, he's just he's falling head over heels in love with her, which how can you blame him? Then uh, Vincent actually reveals to Julius there's this document that he stole from the orphanage that they talked about a little bit earlier in the film that showed uh, when he ran away that proves that his mother not only is in fact alive, and then Vincent, under the belief that his mother, uh, you know, abandoned him, shows no interest in tracking her down. Now, uh, Julius does find uh, the mother's address on the document and pays a visit to where she is. Now, of course, the mother isn't there, but Julius does meet one of his six fathers, which is pretty cool. Uh, and they, they kind of look so much alike, which is pretty weird. But he fills them in on kind of all the missing information. Fills him in on the experiment, informs him of this other scientist, uh, Mitchell Travin, who might have known, you know, he might know where the mom is. And then uh, essentially he heads back to tell Vincent, uh, you know, let's go find her. Now, of course, uh, throughout the film, Vincent's been stealing cars from good old David Caruso, of all people, right? Good old CSI Miami David Caruso. Now, one of them, the one vehicle he stole uh, is this Cadillac. And, uh, you know, his plans is to sell it to, you know, his, his normal chop shop contact. However, he discovers there's this cassette. So he pops it in, finds out that in the trunk is this, uh, he doesn't know at the time, but it's the secret prototype fuel injector for like a jet kind of, it's like an engine. And, uh, he's got to deliver it to this specific place in Houston, Texas. And he's thinking, you know, it's like, okay, I'm only, you know, I want like, you know, he wants like $20,000 for it, something like that and doesn't uh, realize how much the guy is really going to give him for it. He's going to give him five million bucks. That's right, folks. Five million dollars. So, of course, he's just going outrageously crazy over the fact he's going to get five million bucks. Now, there's this uh, other guy who essentially poses as like this uh, contract delivery man, Mr. Webster. Uh, he, you know, that's the vehicle this guy stole. Vincent intends to use the money to pay what he owes to the Claim brothers. And then at Julius' insistence, they decide to do a cross-country journey to track down um, track down the mom. Yeah, well, not track down the mom, but track down Travin, which would eventually lead to the mom. So they eventually find Travin in this place called uh, New Mexico, if you've ever heard of it. And, of course, there they find out what really happened with the whole situation about how all the good stuff went to Julius, all the crap went to Vincent, blah, 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 blah. So, I mean, it's really it's kind of when things kind of take a turn and uh, become serious until it gets really serious uh, in a little bit later. But that's where you really find out what happened with these two. But after that, uh, they go on the, they go on a sweet date with the girls and uh, of course, they they're at this bar, and the Clane brothers show up, who of course intend to kill Vincent at this point. 
And Julius and Vincent, they beat them up. Then they have their uh, special night together. And then it's off to go see uh, their mom. Now, uh, they go to the Benedict Foundation because they think she's loaded. They won't let them in. So they kind of break in. They jump over the wall. And they meet this one lady. And they explain who they are. And she, of course, doesn't believe them because, in fact, she really is their mother. But she knows that there's no way that these could be her son. So she tells them that, you know, Marianne Benedict died. They leave. And that's kind of when crap hits the fan. So Vincent gets, you know, pissed off, leaves them all behind, goes to deliver the uh, engine. Now, he doesn't know that Webster has tracked him down because he's already killed contractors that have seen his face throughout this whole movie. That's his thing. You see my face, you get killed. However, you know, this guy is actually Quato from, uh, you know, Total Recall. So how cool is that? Uh, In order to preserve his identity, he's got to kill you. Now, uh, they get to this specific point in the film where uh, Linda knew what was going on. She saw the engine, tells Julius because she knows that he's going to get in trouble. Julius goes to track him down and he's like, I found him once, I'll find him again. Don't worry about it. And they have this really cool montage of basically uh, he's able to feel his brother. Whenever, you know, Vincent's hand gets burned, uh, you know, Julius can feel it, so on and so forth. So then they get to where Vincent gets to the place to deliver the engine, gets his money, and the dudes take off. Lo and behold, they get killed. And it's because uh, Mr. Hitman is there. He's, he's tracked down Vincent and he wants his money. So Julius finds Vincent. You know, he's been able to fill him this whole time. They come in contact with Webster. But Webster's ready to kill them, you know, for seeing their face. Now Julius actually stalls Webster long enough uh, for Vincent to realize that there's this heavy chain on, uh, on top of Webster. And, uh, you know, they tell him the fourth, the third rule, which I'll get into in a little bit. And he's like, what's the third rule? Duck. And they drop it. It kills him, buries him in this like mountain of change uh, that just fell on him. It's crazy amount of chains. It's like, I don't know, 50 feet tall or something like that. It's crazy. So Julius and Vincent, they, of course, make amends. Everything's all well. But uh, Julius like, we got to return the money. And Vincent's like, no way, I can't return this money. But they return the money. They return the stolen engine to the authorities. They get a reward. It's pretty cool. And uh, <laughs> there was $5 million. And they returned $4 million bucks. You got to love that, right? So they kept the million bucks. And they also got a... F- Wow, that was weird. That was my daughter laughing. She she loved that part, I guess. So anyways, uh, they keep the million bucks, plus they get a reward. They get like $50,000 reward, and they start up this legitimate consulting business uh, using, you know, Julia's knowledge and Vincent's questionable business. Uh, You know, it's like they both kind of work together. It's good stuff. And, uh, And then they actually have a big family together, man. The uh, Vincent and Julius, they, they have two, they have two, well, they have kids. Uh, they both have twins. So there's four kids and it's kind of questionable whether they get married or not. I think they do. But of course, uh, the bright side of this is the fact that Marianne Benedict does find out that these really are her kids. Uh, you know, she finds out the true story, tracks them down in their office, has a funny line. I don't know which one is which they just have like this tearful reunion and, uh, and then you get to the ending and take a big picture and everything is all good. Uh, so it's very, very, um, it's pretty basic, but it's good stuff. I really dig it. Now, Arnold, before we get to, uh, what I like, what I didn't like, uh, is there any, do you have like a specific, uh, line or part that you just love the most out of this film? You ain't gonna rock and roll no more. Yakety yak. Don't 
talk back. Good one, good one. Yeah, I like the yakety yak. Uh, that was really funny. I think you did it twice. You did it once on a plane, and then when Marnie comes in with some good stuff. So let's get to uh, what I like. Uh, what I like most about this film. Yes. Yes, yes, I know. And trust me, there's a lot that I like. So let's start off with the beginning. Uh, Heather Graham, Marianne Benedict. How cool is that? I've always been a fan of Heather Graham ever since I saw her in License to Drive. I haven't seen all of her roles. I know at some point I think she became like a stripper or something in one of her movies. So she was definitely in less wholesome, you know, quote unquote roles. But I'm a fan of Heather Graham. Good stuff. It was cool to see her as Marianne Benedict. I thought that was fun. And I loved the little kick that, uh, you know, you have Vincent give Julius. You know, he's this big guy, uh, this big baby, and Vincent's this little tiny one. And then once he kicks Julius... He's, you know, he's he's crying. Julius just kind of sitting there smiling. And then when Vincent leans over, gives him a kick, and you see uh, Julius start crying. All right, now throughout this film, they do a really good job of showing you that Arnold is uh, is street. He's not street smart. He's book smart. Uh, he's very naive, and they do a very good job of portraying that throughout the film done very very well it's very believable he does a really good job i think it helps because he's got a smile on his face the whole time and he's just so excited to be around this new side of the world that he's never been in before he's like a kid in a candy shop and it's done very very well and i really enjoy that aspect and they pull it off right from the beginning of the film so that was that was something that i really really enjoy the most out of the film is his lack of street smarts but his joy of the world now, when we get introduced to Kelly Preston, uh, the sister of Marnie, let me just say, there's been a lot of uh, you know female leads that uh, you know Jameson and I just talked about on uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air over at CCP. Uh, go check that out. But I love me Kelly Preston, man. I've ever since I've seen her since day one, I've thought she's extremely beautiful, gorgeous. Uh, I was I was always jealous of John Travolta. I was like, man, that is the woman that I want to marry. She's just unbelievable, gorgeous. And I just, I love, uh, I just love her in movies. And, uh, luckily my wife pretty much, you know, I thought I did a pretty good job of finding somebody look like Kelly Preston. So it's good stuff, man. I'm excited. Uh, but yeah, I, uh, I love Kelly Preston, man. She's very, very fun in this film. And, uh, I just love her, her facial expressions of just seeing the new stuff that, Julius gets into and she just is kind of in shock and she's just so much and she's falls head over and heels in love with them just as much as he does over her but she's kind of got to be the lead in this versus the guy being the lead in the romantic relationship so it was very it's pretty cool good stuff now who doesn't love uh the plain scene of yakety yak I mean I just asked Arnold a couple minutes ago what's your favorite part of uh of twins and it's uh you know yakety yak i just love it man it's good stuff it's funny hilarious i dig it um i mean i just i the cool thing is after they do that yakety yak scene they actually play the song yakety yak but it has like a a rap remix to it it's like they're doing scratching on the records and it's like take 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 out the paper you know and they just keep repeating over and over it's really cool. I, I dig that mix. I wish that would have been a full version mix out there. I'd love to own that. Good stuff. Now, a huge, huge highlight is uh, not only in Last Action Hero, 
does uh, Sylvester Stallone replace Schwarzenegger? You know, he he does the Terminator 2 poster, but he's also, uh, you know, he has the Rambo 3 poster up. Arnold walks by and uh, just kind of looks at his muscles, looks at his and just laughs and, and just kind of waves him off. You know, it's like, I love that. You know, we didn't get to see those two together until The Expendables. And uh, I think that's why I love the Expendables so much is because I get to see Arnold and Bruce and all these guys together on the big screen. And uh, I love it in Last Action Hero more that Sylvester Stallone took over the Schwarzenegger movies. I love Last Action Hero. Absolutely love it. It's hilarious. Great, great movie. I love it. And uh, it's good times to to see him kind of make fun of Sylvester Stallone because it's all in fun. It's not like in a mean sort of way. It's all in light, good heart. I like it. Now, when we see David Caruso, um, his voice is just so different. You know, his voice is different in uh, Rambo First Blood, and it's different in this one. Uh, he doesn't have the voice that I'm used to, the CSI Miami voice. You know, his more slow speaking, you know, kind of voice. It just seems like, I don't know if he's changed it for CSI Miami or if he changed it for these movies. But he's not in a whole lot. He's in like two or three scenes. But, you know, I don't really have any issues with David Caruso. Like I said, CSI Miami was always my favorite of the CSI shows. So I've watched him for like 10 years. And I've always enjoyed his performance in CSI Miami. As cheesy as it was, it was always good TV. So uh, I dig seeing David Caruso in here, even though he doesn't really do a whole lot. Now, one line that I love is when... uh, he steals the first vehicle, takes it to the chop shop, and they don't give him enough money. And they say, we're in a recession. It's like, oh, my gosh, that's hilarious to hear recession, especially in today's world in 2012. Uh, recession is so much different than it was back then. And I think he's just jerking his chain. I don't think it really was a recession. But I just loved hearing that. I thought that was kind of kind of funny, actually, and, and kind of sad at the same time. Now, I love this part when he's walking down. And he's talking to this guy and he's trying to set him up to have this guy on the motorcycle take his, uh, you know, take his back. Now, Jameson, I know you're listening to this, sir. You know who this guy is, right? The guy that he is uh, talking to. It's the guy from Cool as Ice. Remember the the stupid bad cop? Uh, the one that's just like, help, help. You know, he goes, shut up, moron. Yeah, the, the big tall guy. Um, this guy is the same guy in cool as ice. So hilarious, right? But I love it when he grabs it and he just, he picks his arm up and the guy goes flying. He goes, I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Are you out of your mind? What the hell did you do? Right? I mean, that's exactly what you should have said to him, but you were just being a nice guy. You're just like, I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy, (laughs) you know, and I love how you check the guy and he's just standing, staring like up in the sky, like, no, don't, don't, don't touch me. So I love that scene. That's one of my favorite scenes from the film. No doubt about it. So good stuff, Arnold. I love that scene, man. Good stuff. All right. So when uh, Julius goes to uh, find Vincent at the orphanage, if you notice who the nurse is, the nurse is from the Karate Kid. That's right. She's the lady sitting there with the dog in the beginning of Karate Kid Part 1. And then you'll see her again in the uh, beginning of Karate Kid Part 3. And uh, good stuff, man. You know, I've seen this lady. I've seen her in various roles before. Uh, She's usually in the background. But it was kind of cool seeing her again. 
I was like, hey, there you go. It's the lady from The Karate Kid. Now you're probably like, okay, what was her name? Well, you'll have to find out on the 100th episode when we get to The Karate Kid. Then I'll go through each and every single one of those characters. It'll be some fun time. So let's get back here uh, to Twins. I love how he tells her this must have been his bed. And she's just like, yeah, how'd you know that? You know, this is the beginning of the uh, of the knowing and the feeling of the whole twin connection. Because, you know, they always say twins can feel one another. It's just it's been proven before. It's pretty cool phenomenon. But I love how they this is where they start. It's like this must have been his bed, you know, and it continues on. Of course, it gets by the end of the film. It really pays off because he's feeling the burns on his hand. You know, he's just feeling when something goes wrong and uh, good stuff. This is the beginning of the, the payoff of the rest of the film. Now, I love the phone conversation. That's absolutely hilarious, you know, and he's just so excited. He has no idea uh, that uh, he's got to talk to the phone, and he just starts talking to him. You can't hear him, and he just starts going off. He's like, pick up the phone, pick up the phone. Uh, That's a good scene because I love in the beginning when he just like, this is my brother, and he gets up, and you just see see Danny DeVito look at Arnold's legs, and you see his big calves, and he just like rolls his eyes like, holy crap, who is this guy? So I thought that was hilarious. You know, it's it's right off the bat telling you just how naive this guy is. But uh, you got to love when he's just like, yeah, money talks and BS walks. How can BS walk? Oh, that must be slang, right? I oh, love it. Great. I just love his naiveness in this movie. It's absolutely hilarious because I don't think he actually ever does any more naive characters. No. Good. Thanks for clarifying. Okay. So another scene that I love, of course, is the uh, tossing your cookies. Uh, he's just like tossing your cookies. Oh, I get it. That must be more slang because he'll later say it to Marnie when uh, he's like, I made you some cookies. Oh, I look forward to tossing them. I mean, it's hilarious stuff. Now, I like uh, Miss Busby. You're like, who the heck is that? That is the uh, that's the receptionist, you know, of the uh, of the benef- of the Benedict Foundation. She is working for Vincent, and then you know they tear the place apart, and she buys him a gift, and he gives her a kiss, and she walks out. Now, what I like is the fact of they bring her back at the end of the film. You know, it's like he liked her enough to where he wanted her to run the new business. When she's like, "Good night, Mr. Benedict," you know, it's kind of cool. You know, usually secondary or minor characters like this don't really appear later on in the film. But it's kind of a nice touch that she's in it for just a few minutes in the film, maybe two, three minutes tops. But they still utilize her in the in the beginning and in the end, kind of in his worst part of his life. And then the best part of his life, she comes in. It's kind of cool. Now, of course, I love the whole you move too soon talk. You know, he goes, you move too soon. You know, I have no respect for those who have no respect for logic. You know, all the stuff he's talking is great because he's so serious and he's so passionate about it. And he's just like, you know, you move too soon. I could totally see that you're trying to attack me. You need to, you know, be be better in your fighting skills. You know, it's kind of like he's taunting him. And then he just hits him with the axe. He's like, you are stupid. You have no respect for logic. And then he like throws him. He goes flying into the elevator, breaks. And you just see Vincent's face light up like, holy crap, this guy's flipping awesome. Uh, good stuff. Now, uh, I love it when he's like, how much do you owe? And he's like, eh, you don't need to know. And he's just like 20000 The number just hits him because he can feel what his brother feels. Starts to go off. It's good stuff. And uh, you got to love how he tries to tell him, you want to, you know, can you drive this car for me? Sure. Do you have a manual, please? He goes, what are you doing? Learning to drive. And you just see him speed read 
through that whole manual. I mean, it's flipping hilarious. What are you doing with that fi- with that finger thingy? Oh, I'm learning to drive. Now, one thing my parents always loved when I watched this with them was the alarm lift because when uh, he picks up the car and explains how the whole alarm system works, my dad because my dad worked on vehicles and and stuff. He was a mechanic. He's like, yep, that's right. That's exactly how you would do it. That's kind of cool. Uh, but it's funny, man. You get to see how strong Arnold really is because I don't think obviously he could do that nowadays, but you get to see him in his prime kicking some rear end, picking cars up because he can do it. And I love when he's just like driving. Okay. Okay. I will do it. You know, he tries to tell him use one foot, not two. He goes, okay, I, I will do it. Now I love it when he's on the two wheels because you know, from watching uh, Knight Rider season one, and they start talking about how when Kit would do ski mode, they talk about the stunt drivers that would uh, be driving Kit. And one of the stunt drivers mentioned how there's only like two or three people in the world that know how to uh, flip a car up like that and drive it on two wheels. So I'm just going to go off of what they said. I thought it was kind of more common than that. But it's kind of cool. I love seeing it. It just kind of gave me a reminiscence of Knight Rider. And then, of course, it's a Ford Mustang doing it, which, of course, would later be a Ford Mustang later in the show. But we're not talking about Knight Rider right now. But anyways, I love that, though. The ski mode was some good times. Now, I love it when Vincent calls uh, Julius and he's like, pick up the phone, the little thing blinking. And he's like, "Uh, Vincent's car, you know, and he picks up and he tries to tell him where he is. And Arnold goes, what are you doing back there? I love that. It's hilarious. Yeah, that's right. I am. It's true, sir. You are hilarious. That's why I love you so much, man. And, uh, of course, he tells Vincent, you see me with the two wheels? Hey, Julius, nobody loves a smartass. Gotta love that. It's good stuff. And then uh, smoking in the supermarket. Since when could you smoke in the supermarket? I guess you could back in the 80s because obviously you can't do that today. But I was like... Could you seriously smoke in the supermarket? I can't remember, but I'm just kind of asking you guys. Could you smoke in the supermarket back in the 80s? Because I don't remember that. Because when I saw Kelly Preston doing that, I was like, seriously? That's kind of cool. Not cool, but that's kind of like, wow, times have really changed, haven't they? Now, after he meets Marnie uh, and uh, just explains how infatuated he is with women, yeah, I love when Vincent's like, you're a virgin. And he just you see Julius look at him like, that's private. And then he just walks up the stairs. You know, I just love the facial expressions between these two. It was good stuff. Now, probably one of the best facial expressions comes from Danny DeVito when he's feeding the cat. And uh, you just hear Julius say, hey, you named your cat Julius. And he just sits up with this look on his face like, I had no idea that I named my cat Jul. How you know? It's like how ironic is that? It's like he got hit across the face with a baseball bat. Of like, look, look what you did. You know, it's like you named your cat after your brother, and you had no idea. Now the revelations become in full circle. You know, uh, good stuff. And I like the little interactions where they have fun. You know, because they spend a lot of time fighting. But when they're not fighting, is the moments that I enjoy the most out of this film. When they're kind of acting like brothers, you know, when they they put the napkin on the right way, they move the milk over the right way, and then Arnold takes by he's like, "I love nuke food," you know. They he kind of finishes his sentence, you know, "Look out, stomach, here it comes, yum." He's like, "Oh, I love nuke food." It, it's, those are the moments in this film that I love the most. Is the scenes where not only are they doing the same things, but they're just having fun together. They're enjoying each other. They're not fighting. 
because you know I would say 80% of the film they're either bickering back and forth or you know one's trying to convince the other of something else and it's just these are the moments in the film that really give it the heart that it that it has are the moments of them just laughing together and just they have excellent chemistry together especially when they're just having so much fun and enjoying each other's company it's good stuff now when you see Mr. Webster for the first time uh, good stuff because I'm like, hey, Watto. It's like, how cool is that? He works again later with Arnold in Total Recall, but uh, he'll actually be a good guy in that movie. So I, he wasn't in it a whole lot. Uh, he always had this thing of, you know, got to hide my face. But, you know, he was an effective bad guy, no no less. So I enjoyed his performance. Uh, he, he was pretty good. You know, he wasn't, uh, he wasn't horrible. He wasn't amazing. He was just, you know, he was just there. Uh, but he did his job, you know, with what he had. So good stuff. Now things do get kind of sad when you find out uh, Vincent thinks his mother abandoned him, uh, you know, and you just you see Julius is trying to, you know, kind of comfort him a little bit, and then you know you get the brothers call him, and uh, or else what you blimp, and then the place kind of blows up. It's kind of funny. Okay, so when uh, Julius goes. Uh, you know, he obviously meets his dad first time. If you notice the kid that comes up to him, he has the basketball and he goes, Grandpa, this guy wants to talk to you. Uh, if you know that kid was the kid in Ghostbusters 2, who when uh, when Ray and uh, Winston go to the birthday party and he goes, My dad says that you guys are full of crap and that's why you went out of business. It's the same kid. So check that out if you didn't notice that before. It's good stuff. Now, I love when his dad tells him about the doctor and he's like, he's kind of a D head and he goes, do you know what that is? He goes, no, but I'm learning, you know, and then he uses it later. He's like, hey, D head. I don't like you using foul language. I'm not using foul language, Arnold. That's the point. It's a family show. I abbreviated, sir. Didn't you notice that? So anyways, you got to love the $5 million conversation. You know, when he's thinking that he wants like 20000 and he's like, 20? He goes, okay, maybe fifteen, And he's like, if you think you can do better than $5 million, and then he just goes crazy. And then he writes down the number, and he's like, $5 million, and he makes a song out of it. Uh, good stuff, man. It's like, man, $5 million. It's true. I mean, I'd be singing that song too. It's uh, that's a good song to be singing. But uh, again, you know, after uh, after Vincent decides he wants to go and uh, and sell the engine, and then you know, Marnie and Linda come over, and Julie's like, "I'm gonna go take a shower," and you just hear him singing "Yakety Yak," and uh, and Marnie comes in and like, "I baked you cookies. Oh, I love cookies. I can't. I'm looking forward to toss them." You know, and it's just you see how big Arnold is man it's crazy how big that guy is man it's ridiculous uh but man Marnie you gotta love it when he opens the car door and uh she's just like oh can I sit up here with Vincent and then he looks in the back and she's all got her legs all sexy and I was just like I'm telling you man she was at the top of her game for sure I mean even at her age now she still looks amazingly beautiful but in this movie, I mean, they 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 the perfect line was drawn, man, between taking it too far and being totally balanced, if that makes sense. Good stuff. So they do a really good job of uh, showing the uh, emotional lust he has for her uh, when he's just like she falls asleep on his shoulder and he's just staring at her legs and then his shirt rips. Good stuff. 
Now, you knew the brothers, you know, the, the guys that are trying to pick up their debt. You knew they were stupid. When they get shot in the foot and uh, the guy's like, you guys want a doctor? I'll go call you a doctor. It's like, no, I just got shot in the foot, but I don't want a doctor. It's all good. It's like a, it's like a scratch. No big deal. It's like, seriously, are you really that stupid? So they wanted to kind of prove to you that these guys aren't the smartest guys, you know, the, the sharpest tools in the tool shit, if you will. And, uh, I'm telling you, man, these, these bad guys, they're supposed to be lame because your, your main guy is supposed to be, you know, the guy that's hunting him down, trying to get his, uh, trying to get his money. You know, the guy that's got to kill you if you see his face. So, and I love when, uh, you know, they go and after he rips his shirt and he, he takes his shirt off and he's like, what are all these bumps? Look at your back. It's even worse, you know? And you just, Julius just starts laughing it off. Like he's never, he's like, he doesn't know what muscles are, you know? And I, I love the interaction between these two. And he puts on the pink shirt, born to be bad. You know, uh, I love that scene. It's good stuff. Now, another great scene is when they go uh, and they go and see the doctor to get answers. And he's just like, no, I don't ever heard of you. You know, whatever. And then Vincent's like, okay, let's get out of here. You know, they're going to throw us in jail. And Arnold's just like, for the first time in my life, I'm pissed off. You know, and then he kicks the door. I mean, he kicks the door. It goes flying great scene i love it good stuff now in every movie there is the good old-fashioned i'll be back i'll be back yes just like that i don't know good stuff uh so in this film we have the this is how he does it he's after he calls him a d-head he's like tell us where our mother is uh and if you're lying to me i'll be back you know good stuff uh he always has to say it in every movie but uh, this one, he just does a real cool, calm and collective and kind of scary too, which is why I really like this one. Now, uh, probably the best scene is when they get out, you know, and Vincent is just tearing himself apart about being the crap. And you just see Julius just like, look, you know, you're the missing part of my life. I'm the missing part of your life. You know, we can be a family together. You know, who cares what they say? And it's just like, you see them embrace for the first time, like for real. It's like this is the point of the film where Vincent has fully accepted that Julius is his brother and he knows for a fact that even though nobody else has ever been there for him, he knows that Julius loves him. And uh, and he kind of breaks down in his arms. Good stuff. Because at this point, that's when things change and they start to dress alike and where all the fun really starts to happen. For like a good 20, 25 minutes, they have really good fun time together. And I really enjoyed this scene. This is probably the best scene of the film because this is kind of the turning point of when everything is officially, you're my brother. You know what I mean? So good, good stuff. Now, when they go and get their outfits you got to love when uh, Julius like, do I look cool now? And you just see a look up like he wants to say something bad, but he's just like looking sharp, man. I love it because of the fact of he wants to lie to him, but he does it because he's like, yeah, you kind of do look cool in your awkward sort of way. Now, uh, the kind of the theme song is the tonight is your night, bro. I mean, they like sing it like all the time. And it's not necessarily supposed to be sexual, if you will. But it's just supposed to be tonight is your night, bro, of like tonight's going to be the night of your first for a lot of different things. Your first date, uh, your first time being drunk, you know, your first uh, your first dance, 
uh, first kiss, you know, and then of course they, they do have sex, you know, but it's just, but it's supposed to be, you know, tonight's your first for a lot of different things and tonight's your night, bro, along with mine, because I get to enjoy it with you. There's more to that song than just tonight is your night, bro. You're going to get lucky kind of thing. So I like the, the deeper meaning behind that tune. Uh, if you really analyze, if you really look at it, that's kind of the perspective he's trying to come from. Good stuff. Now you gotta love the dance scene where he's uh, teaching him how to dance. You know, you know, not on my, you know, next to my feet, not on my feet. You know, and he crushes his hands because he's just so nervous and you can't count one, two, three, four. I just love it because it pays off really well. They do the dance really good. He looks at Vincent when he's grabbing her butt. He's got to grab Marnie's butt, and it's just it's a really good dance and uh, it's a really good scene. And I I really enjoy all the interaction between them. I love when they go in the bathroom and he, they flush. He goes, hey, you know, we flushed it before we did it. You know, and it's, it's hilarious. Good scene. You hear Julius talk about how he's all theory and no practice because he's learned everything from books. But, you know, tonight is the night that everything becomes, you know, no more theory. It's all about practice, you know. And then to top it all off, we get that awesome, you know, crisis situation fight scene. You know, you the second rule of the crisis situation. Oh, he, there goes that funny talk again. He kicks the dudes in the face, and then you see Vincent uh, hit the one guy with the guitar. And it, there's a payoff line because when he threw him in the elevator, he's like, I love it when you hit people. Well, then when uh, Vincent hits the bad guy with the guitar, you hear Julius say, I love it when you hit people. And then they give each other five. Good stuff. Okay, so this has always annoyed me ever since I was a kid and I saw this part. Okay. The whole like uh, Arnold and Marnie scene, you know, it's supposed to be real, like real sensual and all that other good stuff. It's a good scene. It's filmed well, but there's just one, there's one part that just annoys me to no end. And I have no idea why. And it's uh, when, uh, okay, let me just say this. This girl is all about seduction. When he goes to turn off the light and she goes, Julius, and she's like got her butt hanging out. And uh, she's just smiling. She's like, good night. And he just, I'm like, I don't know how he how he held himself. That's all I got to say, man. It's like, dude, she wants you, man. What are you doing, you know? And then he just puts his head over, puts the pillow over his head. But it's when she's laying in the bed, she takes the blankets off and she goes, oh, no. And he's like, what? And she walks and she goes, this bed is lumpy. I don't know what it is with the word lumpy. But it doesn't sound like her at all. It sounds like they got another actress to do that part. This bed is lumpy. It sounds nothing like Kelly. It's ridiculous. I swear to God, somebody else did that line. It sounds horrible. Oh, it's the worst line reading I've ever heard in my life. This bed is lumpy. It's just the way she says it is atrocious. I can't stand it. it. Takes me out of the scene. And then it gets good again, but I'm just like, oh, that's the one thing I hate the most is that line. I have no idea why, but it's always bothered me ever since I've been a kid and I first heard that. I just laugh hysterically every time I hear that. So, uh, anyways, moving on. Uh, the movie kind of gets a big serious turn, which it should uh, at this point when they go and see their mom and uh, they get the whole scene of, uh, you know, you kind of suspect that she really is Marianne, but, you know, it gets serious, say that, you know, she died and everything. And then they have the big fight and uh, he just, you know, Vincent leaves everybody behind. He kind of reverts back to him old self, but it's because he's been hurt. He's so hurt. 
He doesn't know how to kind of accept his new life, if you will. And he just leaves everybody behind because that's what he's used to doing. And uh, this scene is just pretty dramatic. Uh, the whole the whole scene. I mean, it lasts for about a good ten minutes or so. But uh, then we kind of get uh, we kind of get back to good old twins again because he's like, you know, I found him once before. I'll find him again. And they play that really cool song, brother to brother. I don't know why. I really dig that tune. It's good stuff. And uh, that's when you start to see the I'm feeling what you're feeling and all that. And I uh, really enjoy it. Okay, so as we come up on the end here, I love the duck part. You know, the, the third rule in the crisis situation. The third rule, yeah, the third rule. And then they both, you know, they look up and it's like, yeah, the third rule. What's the third rule? Duck, you know. And I love it because of the fact of this has become the full circle where they're going to do everything just like the other one does. You know, it's like, it's pretty cool. I dig it. You know, there's a man with a lot on his mind. Now, I, okay, I kind of like this part, but I don't. You know, it's like in normal movies today, they treat you like you're an idiot as far as an audience member. In this movie, they tell you $5 million. They say like, I don't know, 100 times. But they flat out tell you, oh, you know, the $4 million. They don't specifically say, hey, guess what? We kept a million bucks and Julius is cool with it. It's just if you've been paying attention, you realize that they only returned $4 million, They kept a million bucks. It's kind of cool that they didn't flat out tell you because they don't want to treat you like you're an idiot. But you kind of realize that since they've told you $5 million like a 100 times already. Now, I do like the fact of the pictures in USA Today, but here's the thing. How do you, how do you do this story? How do you go up to the cops and say, Hey, guess what? You know, that stolen engine. Yeah, we have it. And, uh, you know, how do you say that? Oh, well, how'd you come in possession with that? Oh, you know, my brother stole the vehicle and that's how we found it. It's like, how do you do this conversation with the cops and say, Oh yeah, we have $4 million in a bag here. Would you like to have that too? And then, you know, give us a reward. It's like, how did this conversation proceed? That's what I would like to know that I want to be in the room when that's happening. But all in all, good stuff. I dig it. And then, of course, you got to love the ending. They're doing everything together. They're cleaning their ears together right in the same way. And then the mom comes in. Good, tearful moment. And then you see they're all happy together and kissing and good stuff. And they, they made babies that are twins. You know, and Julius uh, kind of reminds Vincent, doesn't it feel good to be a bad guy? It feels great to be a good guy, you know, and uh, and I just I love the ending because the mom walks in and just like, I don't know which is which and kind of like a mom would say to twins. But obviously you can clearly tell they're different, but the mother doesn't know who which is which. But it's just it's so nice to see them all at the end. You're supposed to assume that they're married. Uh, but I, I take it as that, that they're married and you got to love that the guy that's getting the tickets was the same guy on Julius's Island. He's the one that told Julius he had a brother. So that's kind of cool that he kind of makes return as well. And then the snap picture of them all smiling and holding their kids, really good stuff. So, um, overall rating of the film, this is what I'd have to go with. I really like this film. I think I I've seen it tons and tons of times. Uh, I did mention before, though, that Kindergarten Cop is my favorite of the comedy films. Uh, you know, I know that there's like an Ivan Reitman, you know, Danny DeVito, Arnold, you know, like trilogy. It's like, you know, this movie, Kindergarten Cop and Junior. I've never seen Junior, believe it or not. It's just because it looked kind of stupid to me, but I, I will watch it at some point. But this is the weaker of the films for me. Kindergarten Cop is much better, but I like this movie. Uh, for sure, I give this movie uh, three and a half stars. And it's because of the fact of 
I mean, obviously Arnold has to share the screen with Danny DeVito. They're both great. Uh, I find the story to be really good. It's pretty simple. I don't really have a whole lot of issues with the film. It's just the fact of I, I laugh a lot more in Kindergarten Cop than I do in Twins. I really enjoy Twins. Uh, there's more dramaticness that happens in Twins versus Kindergarten Cop. And of course, you know, like I said, I get in Kindergarten Cop, I have full Arnold. In this one, he has to share the spotlight. But I like who he shares the spotlight with. Danny DeVito, I always enjoy him. He's always good times. They have great chemistry together. I really enjoy... Uh, I really enjoy the, you know, Kelly Preston. She's really great. And uh, the bad guy, he's all right. I mean, the bad guy in Kindergarten Cop is a billion times better than the bad guy in this movie. You know, it's like, uh, obviously, when I talk next time about Kindergarten Cop, uh, I'll, you know, you'll see a lot of the reasons why I love that movie so much over Twins. But I, I have no hate whatsoever for this film. I can't say I really have any issues with it. You know, outside of my Kelly Preston issue with the bed is lumpy. Overall, uh, the story's pretty good. You know, it's pretty simple. Um, I love the fact that there's going to be a sequel to this movie. Don't be ridiculous. I'm not, man. I'm serious. There's actually going to be a sequel to this film. It's going to be called Triplets. And it's going to have Eddie Murphy in it. It was uh, back in uh, March. They announced that uh, they're making a sequel called Triplets. Uh, Danny DeVito, Schwarzenegger, and Eddie Murphy comes along as the long-lost brother. And Ivan Reitman will co-produce it. So good stuff. But um, overall, though, like I said, I enjoyed the film. Uh, but I give it a three and a half. You know, it's just it's not the greatest film in the world. And it definitely doesn't suck. It's just I get more enjoyment out of Kindergarten Cop than I do Twins. So that is it for my review of Twins. So uh, let's hear what the STL Nation has to say. All right, so our first email comes in from Tawana Diverse City Williams, and she's like, what is up, Masunis and the STL Nation? Man, I am really enjoying this impromptu series of Arnold movies. I am having a ball, too, rewatching them all, so I was stoked that the vote worked out the way that it did. Your review of The Terminator was really thorough and really funny, and I love the Arnold clips, so keep it up with a smiley face. Well, thank you so much. Uh, hey, Arnold, she really digs the fact that, you, uh, that you're helping me, sir. You're a damaged goods lady. Arnold, that was not a nice thing to say, sir. I mean, you've been pretty cool this whole review, but that was a little bit rude, sir. You should apologize. Go and kiss your mother's behind. So don't give me that crap. I'm the party pooper. All right. Well, sorry, Tawana. You know you know how he can be. I have to admit, he's doing a little bit better than last episode, but I'm telling you, man, for kindergarten cop, you better be a lot nicer to the STL Nation. So anyway, she goes on to say, now, when watching The Terminator, uh, there is really no hint or uh, inkling of any comedic slide to Arnold's acting skills so i was ecstatic when he teamed up with one of my favorite directors ivan reitman uh, for a really fun trilogy of family comedies that repeatedly teams up arnold with danny devito and pamela reed in kindergarten cop twins and junior yes i was the one person that voted for junior i guess junior 
will have to go on my list of guilty pleasures, even though it really doesn't deserve guilty status. I love all these films, and they are always good for a laugh, even if you're having a bad day or just in a bad mood. Yes! See, there you go. Arnold agrees with you. Uh, As for twins, I also really enjoy Kelly Preston. Way to go. I have always been a big fan of hers. She is okay in Twins, but she's even more hilarious and at her best in Jerry Maguire and a bunch of other 80s films I could name. Uh, Which, you know, she's in this movie called Run with Patrick Dempsey, uh, which is pretty cool. Uh, that was, uh, one of the first movie. Well, obviously I saw her in this movie first, but I, I remember her a lot in that movie run, which is really hard to find, but I really enjoy her in that. Of course, her secret admirer and all that stuff, but she's a total jerk off in secret admirer. Um, I can go on and on about Kelly Preston and twins for that matter, but I won't because I'm sure you will do a great job reviewing it, Mike. So with that, I will end, uh, this by saying tonight is your night, bro. <laughs> All right, that is it for now. See you online. Take care. Diversity, constructive criticism, and powerful praise. So thank you so much, Tawana, for writing in on this. Always a great time. And uh, hopefully next time, Arnold will be a little bit more nicer to you. All right, so our next one comes from uh, Sebastian. And uh, he has a few reviews of a bunch of movies he just watched. Uh, he said The Campaign, 3.5 stars, somewhat funny. At times, and decent insight into how politics are done. Uh, a few jokes like the snake-waving Christian group felt inappropriate. My favorite scenes are at the dinner table, confessions, and Ron Burgundy randomly hitting people. Uh, the Evil Dead 4 stars. This classic horror from Sam Raimi is uh, scary mixed with a proper dose of humor. For a long time, I thought the vines raped that female. Now I'm thinking it's transferring a demon into her while having some fun along the way. The special effects when the book burned and possessed died is a good considering it's a student movie. Uh, so that's Sebastian the International. So thank you, sir, for writing in. And even uh, even Jason Orflick said that Evil Dead 2 is the same as Evil Dead 1, but just with a comedic spin. So not the only one that thought that Jameson. Uh, just not pointing out any names. So uh, the next one uh, comes from this one comes from Lisa and Lisa. Guess what? I got your nickname for you. Are you ready? Okay. I hope you like this one. This is what I thought of. Okay. So since you love the eighties, right? No doubt about it. You love the eighties. You've said so before. That's cool. I dig it. Love it. Good stuff. Now, when I think of epitome of my favorite eighties female character, who just totally whoops rear end and stood up for what she believed in. I think of Billie Jean. So here's what I was going to call you. Billie Jean Lisa. Because of the fact that uh, you stand up against the odds and you're living for the 80s against your husband and everybody else. And uh, hey, you dig that movie because I flip and love The Legend of Billie Jean. And uh, it goes well. That way I don't ever have to say where you're from in Canada since I can't say it. I need Jameson to help me say it. But in all seriousness, though, I thought that was pretty cool. Billy Jean Lisa, you know, uh, let me know if you like it. If you don't, that's cool. Uh, I can change it. But so far, I've been able to hit the nail on the head for everybody. And uh, it kind of makes you the, the ambassador of the female, you know, the ambassador of the female lead for the 80s movies that you love and dig and all that good stuff. So let me know if you dig it. So here is what Billy Jean Lisa had to say. She said, hi, y'all. I wanted to add my two cents for what it's worth. I'm so happy to be part of the STL Nation. Now all I need is a nickname. Well, 
I gave you one. Hopefully you dig it. Uh, I'm not the biggest Arnold fan, boo, but I do see what he did. Uh, but I do see he did some great acting work. Twins was a great way to make him more of a reliable actor. I think Danny DeVito was awesome for this role. He was really great at playing the skeezy guy. I think he really made Arnold's character go further. Okay, well, uh, keep up the good times rolling, and I'll be listening. Thanks. Uh, thanks, Lisa. So thank you, Billy Jean Lisa, for writing in. Good times. Can't, uh, thank you so much for uh, writing in to all the shows. It's been fun. Uh, can't wait to hear from you some more. And then on the next Underground Hour, I got some stuff to read from you as well on there. So uh, our last email, since I have a lot of emails for the Underground Hour, uh, this last one comes from Anthony, the epic emailer. What is up, sir? I haven't heard from you in a while. He's like, hello there, Masunis. I hope you and your family had a happy Thanksgiving. Also, I have to give you credit in willingly bearing the craziness that was the stores during the holiday sales. All right. Here's the deal. Because I told you I had a crazy Black Friday story for you. All right. Here's, here's how it goes. Okay. So... Thanksgiving at my sister-in-law's house. You know this year Walmart did their uh, sale at 8 o'clock because before it was always like 5 and then like last year they moved it to midnight and then this year they moved it to 8. So now it's like Black Thursday. So next year it's going to be at least at 6 p.m. if not like 3 in the afternoon or whatever. But uh, I was excited because of the fact of the movies and the video games were what was going on sale at 8 o'clock. That's all I needed. Same thing as my wife, which she had to grab for the kids, went on sale at 8. It was all good. Now, Walmart is a super center where I live, so it's open 24-7. I figure I get there at 7.30. I'll be able to find the movies I need and stand around the right place. I needed to get Amazing Spider-Man for sure, but they only had it on uh, DVD. They didn't have the Blu-ray, which is what I wanted. But it was like eight bucks. I couldn't. I couldn't deny it. But I went there for Supernatural season seven because it's. It was like nine bucks. That's what I went there for. So there was tons and tons of cars there, right? So I knew that the movies were going to be in an awkward place, probably around the milk or something like that, because they always put it in this weird place, and they put it by like the the women's clothing line. Man, they had like ten like movie boxes there, and. It was so full I couldn't even walk. This was like the first year because normally, I mean, I'm kind of a small guy. I can squeeze through and everything like that. I couldn't even get through. I only got to see like two or three uh, movie sections. I, I found the TV shows and they didn't have Supernatural and I was pissed. I was like, where's Supernatural at? And everybody's like, no, we couldn't find it. They had Teen Wolf and I was like, okay, I, I love Teen Wolf. I'll grab season one. But my thought process was I'll go to the uh, main place where the movies are. I'll grab Supernatural there, then go up to the register and just say, look, this is supposed to be 10 bucks, even though there's no promo sticker on it. So I was like, okay, I need to find Spider-Man. I look and I find 21 Jump Street on, on Blu-ray. I was like, oh, sweet. And then I found like a couple other movies, but I was like, man, I can't really find anything. So then I look and guess what I find? Captain America Blu-ray, Thor Blu-ray, and we all know Thor. You can't find that sucker anywhere. Iron Man 2, and then right below that was the Amazing Spider-Man DVD. Across from that was like Cabin in the Woods. So they only had like five copies of, of Captain America and Thor. It was ridiculous. So I'm like... Uh, the video games are right next to the place that I'm at, right? And I mean, it's like seven fifty nine. They flip and they go. They tear up the plastic. Uh, as I'm trying to grab Captain America and Thor, I'm watching these people demolish 
this uh, video game display, it flipping collapses on like all these people because they're tearing it apart. The, then the cops came and like took all the video games away. It was ridiculous. But I got my hands on Captain America. I got the Thor. I got the Cabin in the Woods, which I eventually put back. I got 21 Jump Street. I went right across. I grabbed the Teen Wolf. And then my wife said, let's get out of here. I can't stand it. I went over and met her. Uh, and then I said, let's go grab Supernatural. I grabbed Supernatural. There was like two on the shelf. And then I went up to, because she was trying to grab Monster High dolls. So she grabbed those, but this like one lady threw like 30 of them in the cart. And then she like picked and chose later. It was ridiculous. So then we go up to the cast register. First thing I do is I hand the lady Supernatural. I said, can you scan this for me? Can you make sure it's nine bucks? Because that's what it's supposed to be. Nine bucks. She puts it in the bag. All was well. So then we start checking out all of our stuff, right? Well, then... Uh, you know, me and the wife, we take off, we head home. I only, I was only there for like 25 minutes. It was all good. And, uh, I get home, I go upstairs and I pull out all my movies. Cause I was going to show my nephew. He was babysitting my girls. Couldn't find supernatural. I was flipping out. Right. I was like, that's the whole purpose of me going out. Guess what? Supernatural was nowhere to be found. It was left at Walmart. Yes, that's right. I paid for Supernatural and it was sitting in that bag, right? And because the lady never turned the flipping thing, you know, I thought I had all the bags because she put all the movies in one bag and I thought Supernatural was in there. Uh Uh-uh. So I'm like praying. I was like, please let there be a decent person on the face of the planet that found Supernatural and gave it back to 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 the lady and told her that this wasn't theirs, right? And it's total chaos. I mean, it's the worst Black Friday ever. I mean, it's you couldn't move. There was that collapse. The cops were there. You know, I was like getting punched and everything. And last year was just so calm and everything. So I drive back there. I have the receipt in my hand. The lady looks at me and she hands me Supernatural and just says, yeah, the lady behind you said it wasn't hers. And she handed it to me and I was waiting for you to come back. I was so ecstatic. So the top it all off, right? I was putting, I had all these new Blu-rays, so I was organizing my Blu-ray shelf, and I had Supernatural, and I bought in Supernatural every year. So I had season one, two, and three, four, five, and seven. Six was not there. I was like, what? I swear I had six. I look all around, I can't find it. Evidently, because here's how it goes. Normally, the season that just came out, the season before is the one that goes on sale for 10 bucks. So, for example, when season six just came out, Season five at the time was forty dollars, dropped down to nine bucks. The next day went back up to forty bucks. So season six stayed at sixty dollars or fifty or whatever it was. So this year, season seven shouldn't have gone on sale. It should have been season six, but evidently all the seasons four, five, six, and seven were all on sale for nine bucks. And I never found it. So I went online before midnight last night and it was online for like ten bucks. Or 10.96, so I had to pay like two bucks extra than I would have if I had gotten in the store. But I had shipping to the store, not the uh, ship to my house, so that way it's free pickup. So now I officially have every single season of Supernatural on DVD. So that's my crazy Black Friday. I will never do it again. These Blu-rays are not worth it. All this hassle of having almost video games just totally break on me. It's oh. Uh, total nightmare i'm telling you it was disgusting all right so back to anthony's email he said uh 
Uh, also have to give you credit in willingly bearing the craziness. Okay, only did that once and that was enough for me as I wanted to hit someone on multiple occasions. The recent pictures that I've placed on Facebook shows what I feel about it. And the stories have been crazy. One person got shot, one person got stabbed. It's ridiculous this year, man. It's crazy. Now on to the movie Twins. While I enjoyed Arnold in action movies, I also like him in these less than serious movies. He and uh, Danny DeVito interacted, was nice, and while the idea was silly, they made the whole idea of them being twins more feasible. Definitely like how they were paired up here. I definitely like how they were paired up here than in Junior, although I was okay with it for the most part. I say that this movie is worth checking out if you're a fan of Arnold and or Danny DeVito. If you're not, I still say give it a try as it's a funny while also having some serious slash tender moments. I give it a three and a half out of five. Uh, Would I ever buy it on DVD? No, but I would check it out if I happen to see it on TV. That is it for my email. I'll be looking forward to see what you have planned in the upcoming episodes. Until next time, see ya, Anthony, the epic emailer. So thank you so much for writing in, Anthony. Always a good time. So that is it, guys, uh, for our email. So uh, let's get into the music spotlight. Alright, so for the music spotlight, uh, I'm picking a song that just barely missed uh, the newest Underground episode. As you know, listening to this episode, I just uploaded the Underground Hour episode number 8. Last time I did 6 and 7. 7 was a themed episode. That was the Headbangers edition. Number 8 is the regular, normal version. It's not themed. Uh, The following one, that's going to start the soundtrack of... uh, crappy movies great soundtracks uh basically taking horrible movies and picking uh, you know finding awesome soundtracks and i got a great list so far it's been fun i'm gonna have some good emails on that but this song almost made the newest episode uh, i had to cut it at the last minute and i'm gonna save it and use it on this one this song is called the last goodbye and this comes from david cook now david cook was a uh, uh, kind of a couple year old american idol winner and uh, I thought he was okay. He was the first person to ever have an instrument uh, on American Idol. Uh, this is right after the Chris Daughtry year. Now, I kind of thought he was kind of arrogant and stuff. But as his music has gone on, as you know, I played his uh, Always Be My Baby remake. Uh, he remade Always Be My Baby from Mariah Carey. He made it that awesome slow style song, Good Times. But uh, he's had a lot of really good tunes lately. And this song is one of my favorites. It's really good. It's called Last Goodbye. So I hope you like it. It's a good tune. I dig it a lot. Uh, as far as uh, what's coming up, a couple different things. Okay. Uh, before we get into the movies that you get to vote for, let's talk about the contest that's going to be happening. So uh, I was kindly reminded by Tawana that, hey, you didn't have a contest, you know, because if you had so many people like the Facebook page, you would do a contest. Well, now I'm currently sitting at 50 likes on the Facebook page. So if you haven't liked the Facebook page on Sweep the Lake, please do so so your name can be entered into a uh, future contest. Now, uh, essentially, I'm doing a very special contest. What's great about this is that it benefits me because of the fact of it's free, but it also benefits you because this is for the hardcore fans. So here's what the contest is. 
I'm taking all of the hardcore fans, the ones that interact with STL, not the ones that are just randomly listening to the show or the ones that uh, just occasionally like like an episode here and there, but the ones that actually interact with the show. So if you're in the uh, STL Nation uh, group, um, the majority of you have uh, your name will be placed into uh, this drawing and and then other people that are on the main Facebook page like uh, Larry I hear from Ivan uh, Monday Night Jason is another one that I hear from and then you guys know in the STL Nation who you are your name will be entered as well and here's what we're doing uh, I'm going to put all these names into a hat and then on YouTube you got to like the Sweep the Lake Podcast YouTube channel because I will be posting the video there. I'm not going to announce it on the show. I'm going to announce it only on the YouTube page. So look for Sweep the Lake Podcast YouTube channel. Go like that sucker. So that way when I post the video, you can find out if you won. And I will put the names in the hat. And I will film this, of course. I'll pull the name out. And the person that I pull out, uh, you are going to win this. You're going to win a spot on the show. Uh, and here's the cool thing. If you don't have any recording material whatsoever, I don't expect you to like a microphone. If you got a phone, you know, if you got like a smartphone or whatever, you got Skype on your phone, that's all you need. Uh, Essentially, you will win not only a slot on the show, but we will review the movie of your choice. It doesn't matter what movie it is. Whatever movie it is that you want to talk about, you get to talk about on the show. We will do a whole episode revolved around that movie. So, as an example, let's say that, uh, uh, I don't know, okay, Jameson. Obviously, Jameson is not going to be part of this because he's, o- he's always on the show, okay? But let's as an example, let's say I pull Jameson's name out of the hat. So, and let's just say Jameson has a smartphone, so he has Skype. So, he will be on the show from beginning to end. So, he will be my co-host of the episode. And let's say the movie he picks to talk about is uh groundhog's day so we will do the whole entire episode on groundhog's day now if the stipulation happens to where you have no way of being on the show like let's say you don't have a phone of like you know where you could be on skype whatever but uh whatever movie you pick i will still do that so even if you can't be on the show the show is dedicated to you because you won the contest and we're doing your movie so uh any movie goes uh, obviously not a you know porno movie or anything like that obviously you gotta you gotta be sensible here you know what i'm saying but uh that's what the contest is so uh, i will in the next few days i will put all the names together i will record the video i will put it up on youtube and you will find out the winner and then i will contact you on facebook and i will uh we'll we'll get this set up and see if you can be on the show or what movie you want vice versa good times So hopefully you like that contest. Like I said, it's free for me, uh, and it also pays back the fans because you as a hardcore fan, you have a chance of being on the show. And I'll tell you, the odds are pretty good. There's only going to be like 15 of you in the drawing. So there's, there's, there's a lot of fans, but 
there's a small amount of fan base that interacts day in and day out, you're the one that's going to be in there. So if you're questioning yourself, you're not going to be in it. If you're like, oh, yeah, I'm totally in it, you're in it. You should know if your name's going to be in it. But obviously, Jameson won't be in it because he's always on the show. It's good times. And he's my he's my American co-host over on Changing Channels. This is for the other fans, the ones that don't have any way of getting on a normal podcast. You know, So you, you hear what I'm saying. So that is the contest. Now, let's get into the movie matchup for the next episode. All right, so here is the special matchup. It's going to be four movies this time. Uh, One thing I've noticed is that when we did the one movie versus the other, one movie loses and never gets a chance to be reviewed. When we did three movies, when we did uh, Twins, Kindergarten Cop, and Junior, one movie got tore out. The other two got reviewed because it was both a tie. So I figured I'd do four this time. So that way... Three of them wins and one of them loses. So you have a better chance of hearing all, you know, the ones you want to hear the most. And you'll get two chances to vote, okay? So here's what the movies are going to be. The theme of this is Don't Get Caught by Your Parents. So the first movie is In Light of My Hatred for House Party 2, House Party 1. Got to have that. Uh, The second movie is Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. The third movie is Weird Science because, you know, uh, that movie is just great. John Hughes and the fact of they can't get busted by their parents because of the fact of the whole house is tore up. And the last one goes to uh, Footloose. So you guys vote on uh, on those four. So I'm going to put up two polls, uh, one versus the other. So the first one will be House Party versus Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. The second one is Footloose versus Weird Science. And then uh, you'll have to go in the STL Nation and vote again. So that way you get to vote twice. So you'll vote once on the main STL page and then you'll go ahead and vote a second time. So let's. So the best way to do this is this. If you vote for House Party and then you want Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead, you go ahead and you vote Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And then that way you voted twice, one for House Party, one for Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. Then you go and vote on the second one, which is uh, Footloose versus Weird Science. Let's say you want you want to hear both. You do Weird Science, and then you go in the STL Nation group, and you say Footloose. But let's say you want Weird Science to win and not Footloose. You put Weird Science twice. You vote once for on the website, and then the other one in the group, you put Weird Science so does that make sense? So if you want in both matchups, whichever one you want to win, just list it twice. If you want both to win, pick it once in one place and once in the other. And then I will tally up the votes at the end of the day. So essentially three get reviewed, one gets booted. The chances are which one is it? So it's going to be House Party versus Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead versus Weird Science versus Footloose. So those are the four movies. I'm excited to see what you guys pick. Uh, those are all good movies. I think it'll be fun to go back and uh, 
and and check those suckers out because I love movies where you don't want to get caught and I love House Party and and that's what kind of brought me this idea was that whole House Party 2 hate I had to talk about number one. So, And I'm pretty sure House Party is going to win. I don't have any doubt about that. I'm more than likely sure that House Party and Weird Science are going to win. The other two, I have no idea. Good times. So that is it, guys, for the episode. Uh, make sure you uh, check out a couple different things. Um, I'm going to be doing the end of the year episode on my friend's podcast, D2R Podcast. So uh, be on the lookout when that comes out. It'll be a little bit after Christmas time is when that will be posted. And uh, I will send you the link to that if you want to hear that show. Uh, Don't forget to check out uh, my other friends, uh, Jameson over at Movie Mojo Monthly. Always a good time over there. He'll be on the show soon and we'll be talking The Chase. That's going to be good times. That's the Jameson Guilty Pleasure film series um, that, you know, he comes on. We talk Guilty Pleasures, good times. And then for the next Changing Channels podcast episode, We're going to be talking the full year-end review. Can't wait for that. And then don't forget to check out uh, the Stormfront Production uh, podcast. We have uh, Flicks, Film and Focus, Show Me to Winston, and, of course, the Shadowy Flight, the Knight Rider podcast. Good times. So uh, I will catch you guys next week sometime. I have no idea when I'll be back. I will let you know on the Facebook page when to get your emails in. But the next movie is the final of the Arnold movies, and that's Kindergarten Cop. And we'll eventually do Terminator 2, just not right away. We'll do it sometime. But that's the end of the Arnold films. And uh, I just want to thank you, Arnold, uh, for joining me again for another episode and reviewing another one of your films, sir. I'm just doing my job. No problemo. Great, sir. Well, I will catch you on the next episode when we talk some Kindergarten Cop. And uh, I'm sure you're going to have a whole lot to say on that one. Good times. So uh, that's it, guys. Thanks again for checking out the episode. Good times. And uh, stay tuned. Got a lot of things coming to you on that contest. And to find out who the winners are, I can't wait to see who wins this vote. So I'll put the vote up in the next day or two just to make sure everybody has heard this episode. So you guys take care. Missouna South. If you hear this on the radio, then we've already said our last goodbye. I won't be there when you get home. But right now there's someone else that hears you cry. I wonder if he holds you like I did. I hope that he can love you better. Cause we were everything that's right at the wrong time. I didn't want to lose you.
Goodbye.